Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2312 with a release date of Friday, February 18th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Police identify the body of an Australian amateur, new insights into an RFI mystery, and there's still time for contact with Pluto, the special event that is. All this and more is Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2312 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. We begin this week's report with the tragic conclusion to a missing person story reported here on Newsline two years ago. The bodies of an amateur radio operator and his companion have been positively identified. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us that story. Russell Hill, Victor Kilo 3, Victor Zulu Papa and Carol Clay disappeared two years ago in the Victorian bushland where the two had gone camping. The last message heard from Russell was on March the 20th of 2020 when he made a QSO on one of the HF bands reporting his location at Wanonga Valley in the Victorian Alps. No one heard from them again. One day later, campers discovered the radio operator's vehicle and the couple's campsite destroyed by fire. Forensic testing has now confirmed the identity of remains found last November as those of the radio ham and his friend. A pilot who worked for Jetstar Airways and who had been camping nearby was arrested last November and charged with two counts of murder. The pilot, Greg Lynn, 55, is due in court in May. Police have described the couple's disappearance as one of their most high-profile cases. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. A further look into airliners' RFI problems following the recent launch of 5G service by U.S. cell phone carriers has turned up an interesting technical finding. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, has that update. Despite a protective guard band to separate frequencies used by cell phone carriers and airliners, signals from newly deployed 5G wireless service in the U.S. are still capable of compromising commercial airplane safety in aircraft using older altimeters lacking filters, an expert witness told U.S. lawmakers in Washington, D.C. Dennis Roberson told a subcommittee in the U.S. House of Representatives that older radio altimeters lack filters that prevent that kind of risky signal conflict that can interfere with critical navigation, especially during landing. His testimony came following airlines' decisions to ground or redirect some of their flights scheduled to land at airports near 5G cell phone towers. Carriers, including AT&T and Verizon, now operate on the C-band spectrum between 3.7 and 3.98 gigahertz. Altimeters are designed to operate on frequencies between 4.2 and 4.4 gigahertz. Roberson said this kind of interference is not believed to have been a factor in any crashes, but the potential does exist because older altimeters are capable of picking up transmissions outside of their assigned band, such as those used by 5G service. He said that a guard band provided a large cushion between the carrier's and the altimeter's allocations on the spectrum, but nonetheless, without filters in place on the altimeters, signal conflicts could still occur. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. This year's Hamvention will be going forward in Xenia, Ohio, without one of its dedicated volunteers. He became a silent key this month, as we hear from Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. A well-respected volunteer at the annual Hamvention in Xenia has become a silent key. Greg Dean, N9NWO, died on February 5th in a Lafayette, Indiana hospital. According to QRZ.com, 
Craig was a veteran of the U.S. Army National Guard and Army Reserve with tours in Desert Storm, Bosnia, the Gulf War, and Afghanistan. Licensed since 1968, he belonged to the Quarter Century Wireless Association and the Straight Key Century Club. Friends posted on his Facebook page praising his volunteer work at Hemvention and the regular help he provided with QSLs for the W9IMS event. Greg was 71. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Satellites destined for the Starlink constellation were lost just a day after launch as a result of a solar storm. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, picks up that story. A geomagnetic storm disrupted nearly 50 SpaceX Starlink satellites that were in low Earth orbit following their deployment one day earlier. The satellites went into safe mode to minimize atmospheric drag's effects on their orbits, but Starlink said as many as 40 of them would likely be lost, becoming little more than space debris when they dropped out of their allocated orbit. According to several news reports, the storm made the atmosphere too dense for the satellites to make their way to the higher altitudes of their planned orbits. The February 3rd launch sought to add the new satellites to the 2,000 or so already in the Starlink constellation, providing space-based internet access. According to CNN, there are about 145,000 Starlink subscribers in 25 countries. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Even as the London BBC Radio Group marks 100 years of British broadcasting by operating its special event station, GB100 BBC, a second group of hams in the UK is creating its own party. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, brings us those details. The Chelmsford Amateur Radio Society is marking the centenary this month of a programme aired on the 14th of February 1922, 100 years ago, from a hut not far from Chelmsford. Preceded by the familiar station announcement of This is To Emma Tock, the programme itself featured talk and occasional piano music, all transmitted at 200 watts on a frequency of 4 to 8 kilohertz. This entertainment broadcast helped bring about the creation of what was to become the BBC in 1922. The Chelmsford Hams will be on HF, VHF and UHF and are operating all month as GB1002MT. They will confirm QSOs via EQSL and Logbook of the World only. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. MSAT South Africa is looking for presenters for its virtual symposium being held in July. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, has that story. With the COVID-19 pandemic still a major concern, MSAT South Africa will be holding its annual space symposium as a virtual event again this year. The one-day event will take place on Saturday the 23rd of July, showcasing the theme Space, the next frontier for expansion of amateur radio. Organisers are still seeking proposals for papers and are asking that all prospective presenters send in their submissions by the 31st of March. Each presenter will receive a time slot of 20 to 30 minutes and will be given a 10-minute period for questions and answers. Topics may range from the basics on how to use handheld transceivers to work satellites all the way to more complex issues such as building satellites or conducting space research with a space weather station. 
Accepted presentations are due in by the 1st of July in Microsoft Word or PowerPoint format. For details, email organisers at admin at amsatsa.org.za. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Want to work Pluto? Well, there's still time, and it's not the kind of DX contact you think. Here's Randy Sly, W4XJ, to tell you how. When tuning across the ham bands, you never know what you'll encounter. This week, for instance, you might hear operators talking about the planet Pluto and its discovery. The Northern Arizona DX Association is again hosting its annual Pluto Anniversary Countdown, celebrating the discovery of the planet by Clyde Tombaugh in 1930. This is the second year for the special event from the Lowell Observatory in Arizona. The special event will end in its centennial year of 2030. You may hear stories like some from last year, when contacts talked about meeting the famed astronomer at their grade school, at star parties, or through an astronomy course. One contact, Uno Carlson, KC3EJS, was an aerospace engineer and part of the team for the New Horizons project that did a flyby of Pluto in 2015. Look for Whiskey 7 Papa on the air through February 21st. You might even have a chance to talk with Doug Tombaugh, N3PDT, nephew of the man whose discovery changed a bit of how we look at our galaxy. Doug and four other hams are operating as W7P-0. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the KB3AWQ repeater in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. February is a short month, so it's not too early to start thinking about St. Patrick's Day, and that's just what some hams around the world have been doing. Here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, with the details. Amateurs and shortwave listeners around the world have signed up to celebrate St. Patrick's Day and vie for special awards during the 48 hours between the 16th and 18th of March. Organisers of the special St. Patrick's Award event have created a web page with details that include categories in which radio operators and listeners can compete and explanations of how they can qualify for awards. All participants need to visit the web page and register if they plan to apply for an award. All awards are available as downloadable PDFs after the event has concluded. Stations in Ireland, Canada and the United States are among those who have already begun registering. The website lists when they will be on the air and in what modes, including DMR, PSK and even on the Hamshack hotline. The website is stpatricksaward.com. That's stpatricksaward, all one word, dot com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. If you're an engineer with some free time to devote to two of AMSAT's projects, you might just be one of the volunteers they're looking for. Jack Parker, W8ISH, brings us the details. If you're interested in being part of AMSAT's all-volunteer team working with its Fox Plus and Golf CubeSat programs, AMSAT is interested in hearing from you. 
The Fox Plus program needs an electrical engineer with RF experience who can help design and build the RF communications for the low Earth orbit CubeSats. Candidates should be familiar with analog and digital communication protocols and will be working with digitally synthesized audio for FM-modulated VHF, UHF, SHF, voice and telemetry channels. The Fox Plus and Golf CubeSat programs also need mechanical engineers whose responsibilities may include analysis of thermal characteristics of the CubeSat and oversight of the environmental testing procedure. AMSAT requires U.S. citizenship or proof of permanent residency for all candidates for these volunteer positions. CubeSat experience and a ham radio license is also preferred, but not necessary. For details, send an email to volunteer at AMSAT.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. There's a big contest planned in Romania to test youngsters' amateur radio direction-finding skills, and the time to sign up is now. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us how. Letters of intent are due soon for teams wanting to participate in the 4th IARU World Youth Amateur Radio Direction Finding Championship, which is being held this summer in Romania. The event is being hosted by the Romanian Federation of Radio Amateurs. All applications must be sent no later than March 1st to the email address wyac2022 at gmail.com. The championship will take place June 29th through July 3rd and will include hunts, 80 and 2 metres along with an 80 metre sprint. Saturday we'll see the awards ceremony and a ham fest. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. In the world of DX, if you consider working China to be an Olympian-style challenge, here's your chance. The Chinese Radio Amateurs Club has activated a special event station operating on CW, single sideband, and FT8 in support of the Beijing 2022 Olympic and Paralympic Winter Games. Hams will be calling QRZ until the end of the Paralympic Winter Games. The call sign is BY1CRA slash WO22. The QSL manager is BA4TB. See QRZ.com for available awards. Be listening for Rod DM4AO, who is on the air from Cabo Verde as D44AO until the 25th of February. He is using mostly CW and operating on 80 through 10 meters. He will participate in the ARRL CW DX contest on February 19th and 20th. See QRZ.com for QSL details. Listen for URI, VE3DZ, operating from Martinique as FM slash VE3DZ until the 24th of February. He will be using the call sign TO4Alpha in the ARRL CW DX contest. QSL to his home call sign or via club log. Carol OK2WM OK and Vlad OK2WX OK are on the air from Inahora Island, Maldives as 8Q7WM and 8Q7WX until March 8th. Listen for them on 160, 80, and 40 meters using CW and single sideband. Send QSLs to their home call signs. In a small town made world famous by a railroad property on the classic American board game Monopoly, they're getting ready to celebrate 100 years of radioactivity. Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, has our final story for the week. 
It's a centennial being marked by more than candles on a cake. The Reading Radio Club in the town of Reading, Pennsylvania, about 55 miles north and west of Philadelphia, is reflecting on its past and hopes for the future. Joe Petrzynski, Alpha Charlie 3 Delta India, is the club president. He said a small community of wireless radio hobbyists in Reading were part of ham radio's infancy. 30 people or so that were experimenters. And in fact, back in those days, they used what they call spark gaps. West Reading resident William Wagner was listening at the right time. Titanic had a spark gap transmitter. In fact, one of the local hams had heard the distress call. Wagner became the first Reading area resident granted a federal ham radio license, 3KL, in 1913. The group's history records Harold Landis, 3LP, who also got his license just after Wagner, as gathering a group of hobbyists to form the Reading Radio Club in 1921. They gained official recognition in 1922 when the club affiliated with the American Radio Relay League. Petrozinski said, like many radio clubs, interest and membership has had its ups and downs. I think we're on a cycle now where more and more interest is coming in. Youth are where ham radio is going to wind up being. What kind of impact will they have? The next 100 years may hold the answer. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V in Reading, Pelsylvania. With thanks to AMSAT. Chelmsford Amateur Radio Society, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, the IARU, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, QSO Today, Radio Society of Great Britain, the St. Patrick's Award, South African Radio League, SOTA, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, the Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer nonprofit organization that does incur expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.